Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Great, you guys are great. What a joy it is coming in and feeling the hunger that's here. You know, there's a lot of places people aren't very hungry for God. And one of the things that attracts the presence of God is hunger. You know, hunger, it's not need. If, there was, if needs attracted God's presence, then there'd be a lot of things happening and people are poor. But it's not need that draws them, it's hunger. Hunger and faith open up the way. So I'm so glad I feel the hunger. You know, we went up yesterday, we did up uh, with one of the, uh, uh, I, well, I was up in Mongolia and I met this young woman there and she'd been involved in a missionary up there and we've kind of kept connected with her for years and helped her out in her journey. And uh, finally, uh, I said to her, you need to come to San Diego. If you want to get married, you need to find, go to a church where there's a great energy and life and relationships and it's healthy. And uh, we were able to take a wedding yesterday and it was just great. Just an awesome time. Just a great privilege. And uh, I never thought I'd be doing a wedding in America. So how about that? <clears throat> and, uh, but I found everywhere people so hungry, you know, and uh, you, your senior leaders are so hungry. You know, just stood chatting and people ask questions and then ask questions. Then, you know, the Bible says wisdom is, uh, it's a, in a person's like a well that if you're hungry, it'll draw it out. And, and we were just talking, just the hot, in fact, you would have seen me writing down stuff because I remember stuffing stuff that God spoke. And then while we're in the atmosphere here, God's speaking to me about things fresh. You've got to always be that hunger for God, you know. And when we come, we don't come for a meeting, we come to meet God. We come for an encounter, come to experience Him. So I'm always ready to write down stuff that God tells me because I know 20 minutes later I'll have forgotten it. And that's so. <laughs> Amen. So, so exciting to be here. And uh, we've only got such limited time, but I hope we can come back for a longer time another time. And because uh, it's just such a great place. So, uh, so in limited time, we've got to do as much as we can in a short time. So I'm going to share a message with you to, that'll help you. Let me just talk with you, first of all, how I got started. Because everywhere I go, people talk, you know, they, I'm known for deliverance everywhere I go. Deliverance and healing of the heart and whatever. And it didn't always start off like, well, it did start off like that, actually. I was just a young Christian and we were in a small town, 5,000. I was teaching at a high school and, uh, and um, the, we, we, we just, I just got filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're in this house, an old house, a schoolhouse. And uh, we met a pastor who's going to be our pastor for a little while. And, we, and when I came home that night, I went to bed and I saw this demon walk into my bedroom and he terrified me. I mean... I have never seen anything like that. It was, so, it was just so terrifying. I couldn't breathe, move, do anything. And I couldn't even speak. And I was having an encounter with the demonic realm. And I, all I could do in my head was call out to Jesus. And uh, when, as I called to Jesus, my wife woke up and she was praying. We turned the lights on. I thought, oh, what do I do? You know, I'd read the, I'd get the Bible out and read the Bible. You know, that's about how, how much, how young I was in these things. And uh, I thought, that is so real. I need to understand this war we're in. If that's real, God is more real. And I need to know and understand how to operate to deal with this stuff. 
And I was teaching in a high school and the Lord said, I want you to go and pray in the classroom and take authority and exercise your dominion over all demons that come in on the backs of children to stop them and erupt and hinder them going forward. And so we did that. And I'm standing in my room one day and, and two girls walked by and they said, hey, what's up with your room? It's so weird. And I said, why do you mean it's weird? And, she, and the girl said, well, every time we come by, we shake. And I said, shaking? I said, I've never seen shaking before. Show me, come on in. They come in and, and, and sure enough, they're shaking. And, uh, and then suddenly I realised as I've been praying and releasing God's power into the classroom, God has been altering the atmosphere and they're feeling the presence of God. And these girls are involved in the occult. They're full of demons and that's why they're reacting like this. And I'm thinking, wow, it's awesome. It's so good. And when they came in, of course, it got really bad. You know, they're like this, they're really shaking. And I'm just excited as can be. You're thinking, this is just awesome, shaking. You know, and because uh, I got a science background, so I want to know a bit more. So I said, wow. I, and then I got on a roll and I started to say, you know, that what's in, I've been praying in this room and it's filled with the presence of God and what's in you is reacting to what's in this room. So you've been involved with the alcohol. And they said, yeah, we have. And I said, this shaking is, is the spirits in you shaking because they're afraid of God. I'm on a roll. I'd never seen it before. And I said, and I can stop all that shaking. And the moment I said the words, I'm thinking, now why did, you were doing well until you said that. You know, you don't even know you can stop it. Never even seen it before. And I thought, wow, okay. And they said, do it. So I said, all right. I prayed two prayers. Help me. <laughs> then the second prayer was, in Jesus' name, I assert authority over you and shut you down. And they stopped immediately. And the girls got saved and we got them delivered and got them into it. And then God, there was a move of God in the school. So, so you, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are. You want to get praying wherever you are for God to break the atmosphere that's there. And so you become the gateway for God into that place. Now, now you know, I was teaching physics. And my main thing was physics, which people don't really like. And, uh, but I, I prayed for the presence of God to fill the room, for demons stopping people learning to be shut down, for peace to come and for learning to accelerate. And within a short time, space of three years, to two years, two to three years, I went from having two small classes to having the entire upper school in my classes because there was phenomenal success. See, they're no longer tormented they actually can settle down and work. And, and God gave me creativity how to teach what I was doing. And because of the love for the students, they can, people respond, they just respond to love. And, and so we had such success, it was just amazing. And it, it's not really your age. I was only a very young Christian. There were, there were people in the school longer than me, Christians, but God used me to work and to bring deliverance and healing to people. And so we've gone through a journey of, of ourselves having to be delivered and learning healing of the heart. And, and I've discovered I'm still learning. I never stop learning. I'm learning all the time. I keep writing down what I'm learning and all the time I'm, I'm, I'm doing new things. And that's the way you wanna walk with God. You wanna walk hungry to learn and, and everything you learn, you gotta share it or, or put it into practice. And as you do, what you've heard from God becomes a reality in your life. 
And then you're gonna begin to start to see God work. It does, it's not a matter of your age. It's a matter of your hunger and responsiveness to God. And I just said, Lord, here am I, you know, use me. And he used me. And later on, he sent us to a, a, a city. I didn't wanna to go to tell the truth, which is where we're based now. And uh, I prayed, here's my prayer. Lord, please don't take me to that place. I hate it. I don't want to go there. It's like that sometimes. And uh, so because we were, we were so blessed, I didn't want to move out of blessing into a, there was so much to sacrifice. But the, I, I took a couple of days, three, two, three days to slow down and surrender. And then when I surrendered, God led us to that place. He spoke clearly. You know, when you surrender, you can hear God. It's when you've got your own plan, then you don't hear Him. You just hear your own heart talk. You hear your own heart talk, see? And so you've got to get your heart in a surrendered posture where whatever God wants to do is great with you, and then you can hear clearly. Does that make sense? And the reason people can't hear clearly, they've got too many of their own ideas, you know, so they're praying for direction, but really I've decided I'm going to do that. <laughs> God, what should I do? I want to do that, you know. It doesn't work. And I remember, I remember the end of the process of surrender, which involved some tears and just letting go to God. I remember just saying, Lord, what would you have me to do? And I opened up my Bible and I read where I had been, you know, doing through reading. And I read and the next verse was Paul said to the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do? The very words I had prayed. And the next, I'm thinking, no. No, I've just prayed that. What comes next? <laughs> and he said, and it said, arise, go into the city. It'll be showing you what to do. And this is what I was asking. What do you want me to do? And he showed us to go to the city. And by going to the city, we had a revival. We had a move of God, of deliverance that no one had ever seen before. Pastors were angry. People were upset. And, and uh, but people were coming. They came from all over to this move of God where there was just deliverance. And the church just rapidly grew like that because there was a river of healing and freedom. Isn't that amazing, eh? And then the church, you know, small city, and in, and the church, we have ministered to hundreds and hundreds, if not millions of people around the world because of the work we've been able to do all in, in lots of nations. And so you never want to look at where you are, your size. It's got nothing to do with anything. It's what you're carrying in your heart and spirit can take you through into great things in God. And there's greatness in this place, greatness among the young people. So God wants to use you. You know, why not? Why not you? Why not you? He just needs someone that says, yes, God, I'm going to pursue you and hear from you. And I'm believing for miracles to flow through my life. I have my daughter, it's nine. One of my daughters, we've got seven children. One of my daughters at nine praying, casting out demons. This has nothing to do with age. This is to do with your connection with God. Isn't that something? Well, I got too many stories to tell. I need to just, I want to teach something tonight because it's really helpful if we get some, uh, some understanding from the Word of God. And I want to, I always like to leave a teaching deposit and then open people's thinking and, and their faith. And then I want to just get, we have a time of ministry and pray for people and you need prayer or you know someone who needs prayer. Go up. <laughs> 
But if you'll just be open, God will touch you, eh? So why don't we just invite the Holy Spirit to come? Holy Spirit, we thank You you're here. We thank You for this wonderful church, great people, great pastors. We thank You, Lord, there's a destiny being birthed here. And so we invite You to come, Holy Spirit. You alone know where people are bound, where there's fear, where they're tormented, where they're bound with emotions and and thought patterns and addictions and they can't get free and they feel so bad that this is an ongoing struggle and they don't realize that they're held by invisible powers. So Lord, I'm asking tonight that you would come and release people. You would cause to flush up to the surface the things you want to deliver and heal people from tonight. We just ask for your presence to come in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen, I can feel them now. <laughs> That's good. So, but I do wanna share the Word. I always like to share the Word. So, so let's get into it. I wanna share a message called Deliverance and the Kingdom. Deliverance and the Kingdom. And uh, there's an enormous need for deliverance. I reckon now I'm gonna be, so long as I can stand and walk and speak, I'm gonna be busy for the rest of my life. I got no intention of giving up because I, the need is so enormous everywhere. And, and wherever I look around, I find that churches are empty of deliverance. And one of the great things about Pastor Jürgen and Leanne was that they are open to deliverance because they see the need for freedom. They see the need for freedom. And uh, Jesus called deliverance the children's bread. It's, some, it's bread, if, if it was in Asia, he would have said it's the children's rice. You know, in America, it says the children's ribeye. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, but basically what he's trying to communicate, you see, bread is their staple diet, that, that deliverance is just a normal part of the Christian life because we understand that we're in conflict with the spirit realm and people sometimes get hurt and injured and get effect, infected and just need to know how to get free. Once you know what to do, you can get yourself free. You don't need to have someone be praying for you all the time. You can get yourself free. You just gotta be aware and understanding of the things of the Spirit. See, so, so if you look also at Jesus' ministry, you'll find that deliverance was a key part of both his, his ministry and his teaching. So he both taught about it and he demonstrated it was part of his ministry. It was part of his assignment. It says when he began his assignment, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. Now most people stop there. He said, to heal the broken hearts. So in other words, people everywhere have, have got broken hearts because in the relationships they've been in, they've been wounded or betrayed or abused or hurt and they're wounded. He said, I've come not just to get people saved and get to heaven, I want to heal them and make them in, able to fulfill their destiny. A person who's wounded can't enter into relationships. That's why relationships break up. It's the baggage people bring in to the marriage or whatever. And he said, then to set the prisoners free. And so, and so, and he said other things as well. But you notice there, he's, his, he announced his assignment is to set people free and bring healing to them. In Acts 10, 38, he said, the, it says of Jesus, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. So they selected specifically a major uh, uh, aspect of Jesus' assignment was deliverance of people from demonic spirits. So the church 
can't overlook this assignment or pretend that demons aren't real. When you do that, you become blind with willingly and then you become in bondage and don't understand the limitations on your life. Can't afford to be like that. So when Jesus' message and ministry were focused on one specific thing, it was called the kingdom of God. When you first hear Jesus preach, he preaches, repent, Matthew 4, 17, for the kingdom of God is at hand. But if I'd asked a lot of Christians today, what is the kingdom of God? They can't hardly tell me because it's so really preached. But if you were to go through the gospels, that's what Jesus preached on all the time. He preached on the kingdom of God. When he rose again from the dead, it says in Acts 1, about verse 2 or 3 or 4, it says in that area, it says that he preached for 40 days and 40 nights on the kingdom of God, things concerning the kingdom of God. When the disciples asked him, he said, when is the kingdom coming? So you can't help when you look through, Jesus is speaking about a kingdom. All through his ministry, the parables, the parables of the coming kingdom. His teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, the culture of the kingdom. Everything was about the kingdom. Now, I encourage you to go back and relook through and start to think then that Jesus' focus was on the kingdom, then our thinking and understanding of what he's coming to do needs to be aligned with kingdom. But if you don't understand a kingdom, you don't know what to do. Now, I can't give it all, but I'm going to give you enough tonight to, to help you understand what, what's going on here, see? So we, you, we live here in a republic, and it's democratic in nature, meaning we all get to vote. I'll have a vote him in or vote him out. This is what I want and this is what I want. So that's the kind of makeup of our mentality is democratic, that I have my opinion and I want my opinion to count. And so I'll speak up and have my vote. And even if it's a dumb vote, I'll still have my vote, you know. <laughs> and the, the problem is that when you got born again, you were put in a kingdom. Therefore, all your thinking about how things work doesn't apply in a kingdom because it's a different system of government. So what you see and experience in your media and in life and in how the government operates in this nation, you're born into something else. And if you want the blessings of that, you need to understand how it works. See? I know every time I start to say these things, I can feel, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> You're messing with my mind. <laughs> so, so if we just think, what is a kingdom? What is a kingdom? Now, there are relatively few kingdoms left in the world. But basically, a kingdom is a realm over which a king rules. So mostly in the Bible, when it uses the word kingdom, it is the rule of a king. Now, you can't vote the king in and you can't vote the king out He's the king. And you're in his kingdom. You understand that? And that is a really different thinking, isn't it? So, so a, king, a kingdom then is the rule of a king. So it centers on the king and his rule over a territory. So a kingdom also refers to a territory or a realm over which he rules. So uh, it also refers to citizens. You've got to have a people to have a kingdom. So it's got to have people. So a kingdom also refers to people who are citizens of the king and they're citizens of the king because they were born into the kingdom and they submit to the rule of the king. 
Now, most people's thinking as Christians is, I just want to get Jesus to save me and bless me and help me. They don't think about, actually, he's a king and I need to learn how to be a citizen and serve him. See, it's a big, big difference, big difference. See, and I can't develop all these things on the kingdom. I'll do it another time, perhaps. But, but a kingdom also has laws. It has a legal system. You don't go into any nation in the world where there isn't a legal system. Now, it may be corrupt, but it does have a legal system. It has laws. And so in America, you have laws. There's a legal system. And that's how, the, that's how, the, that's how things operate. You can't, if you violate those laws, there's going to be consequences. But, but the kingdom of God has laws. It has ways you do stuff that when you do it, the blessings of the king fall on you. See, people want blessing without alignment. You want, you know, here's my plan, Lord, bless my plan. Yeah, well, actually, he's, he's the king. He doesn't choose to bless your plan. He blesses his plan for you. It's a big difference, isn't it? So, so, the, so, so a kingdom has a financial system as well and ways finances work. And the ways or financial ways of the kingdom of God are really different to our, our ways. That's why when you come in and you start to hear about the ways of the kingdom and its financial, how it operates, it seems weird to you because you're so trained in something else. How about that? So that's, that's just a kingdom. Okay then. So, so kingdom of God then is a supernatural, invisible, spiritual government of God. So everywhere God is able to rule because people have yielded to him, then all the blessings and benefits of his rule come upon our lives. And so that rule affects every area of our life, your relationships, how you do daily life, how you apply yourself in your workplace. It applies to marriage, to family, to, to every other area. Now, I haven't got time to go into this in detail, but what you're experiencing in the culture of America is a clash between kingdoms of, of the kingdom of darkness, another kingdom massively exposing its agenda to destroy the roots of the nation and the Christian foundations that it's been built upon. That's the conflict you're in. It's spiritual, but that works out through people, see? So, so there's a kingdom of God. So very, very clear. Now, let me just give one verse and I'll go to another verse and talk about deliverance in the kingdom. So in Colossians 1.13, Colossians 1.13, it says, he has delivered us out of the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. I could share a lot on that, but if we just see what he says, when you got saved, God rescued you. You couldn't rescue yourself. He rescued you from something. Now, it was more than sin. He rescued you from a governmental system. He rescued you from the power or the authority of darkness. So the kingdom of God is a kingdom of light. Everything is visible. You can see what you're getting involved in. Kingdom of the devil is a kingdom of darkness. You can't see when you do things what power is behind it and what you're getting involved in. It's why it's called darkness. In the dark, you can't see. You run into stuff and don't know why you got hurt. So, so, the king, so when you got saved, this was a transfer from one government to another government. 
totally different government. He says he translated us from the authority or power or kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. So the kingdom of God has got Jesus as the king and it's characterized by love. Kingdom of darkness is, is characterized by fear and selfishness. So you move to do your own thing. You're moving deeper into that kingdom. You move towards love. You're moving into the kingdom of God. So here's the problem. Although legally, when you got saved, you were translated into another kingdom. In other words, legally now, you are a son of the living God. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And therefore, you have responsibilities to represent the king. You have responsibilities as a citizen to learn how to live in the culture of that king and then to represent that king. But if your life remains entangled, that means you are entwined and twisted with old ways of doing things, then you remain in some areas of your life in bondage and that area of bondage will defile you. It'll defile your thought life, defile your emotional life, defile your relationships, it defiles everything. So for example, we just take one thing. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, uh, it says, it said, take here, lest uh, you fall from the grace of God and a root of bitterness springs up and by that many are defiled. Yeah. The word defile means to contaminate and poison. So it says, bitterness is a root that's in the heart that comes because of anger and resentment and unforgiveness. And if you leave that root there, not only do demons manipulate you, but you poison your relationships. Wow. When, I, when I work with, with people in marriages and things are in crisis or their life is in crisis, the number one thing I look for are roots of bitterness. Wow. Because the Bible says, if you let it grow in your heart, it will defile everything. Wow. It'll defile everything. The first thing that God dealt with with Israel when they came out of slavery was bitterness. And many, so even if you get saved, you can still be very bitter in your heart, having unresolved wounds and issues that allow demonic access and defilement. You got rejected, you got hurt, you got abandoned, you got, these things happen. As I'll show you in a moment, these are the major gateways. So although we're, we're called into another kingdom, we have to learn to yield and align with that kingdom so the blessings come. And every place you're entangled, demons are able to mess with you. They have a legal right to mess with you. So let's show you the connection between deliverance and the kingdom. In Matthew 12, 28, Matthew 12, 28, Jesus has delivered a man from a spirit. And, and his, his ears were open, his mouth was open. He, he was bound. In other words, physically, he was afflicted by a spirit and it stopped him being able to function. Demons do that. And so... It says, if I, and of course there's a big argument over this. And Jesus said, if I, by the Spirit of God, cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So Jesus equated deliverance ministry, and I'll explain what that is in a moment, with the kingdom of God actually manifesting and touching someone's life. So you've heard, you know, Jesus taught to pray, thy kingdom come. There's many aspects of that, but one is being delivered. For the kingdom to come upon you, you get delivered. Whatever's troubling you goes. It massively goes. You, you can't believe. When I pray for people and they get set free, they usually they say this kind of thing. They say, all the noise in my head has stopped. The voices have gone. I feel like a great weight lifted off me, meaning they've been living under a weight and a pressure. 
And so he said, if the kingdom of God, if I, if I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come. So deliverance then is a ministry of casting out. It's, a, it's governmentally uh, overthrowing another kingdom. Demons don't want to leave people once they get in there. They're like bugs. They're like a virus. They won't go unless you cast them out. So Jesus said, notice he said, if I cast them out by the Spirit of God. So deliverance takes place when someone who represents the bigger kingdom, the more powerful kingdom, exercises authority and forces the demons to go. That's what it is. So when, you, when deliverance takes place, there is a clash between two kingdoms you can't see. You know, like, you know, in some parts of the world, there's a country and that's in warfare. And, and you notice then that there's usually two global powers and they're playing out their, their war on someone else's ground. So that's what's happening on the world. There's a spiritual warfare being carried on. There's a kingdom that's frantically trying to hold onto every bit that it can. And there's another kingdom which will come and overpower it completely. So deliverance, you get a little taste of that happening. I love it when deliverance happens. Man, the wildest stuff happens. I'm going to tell you some stories. Man, you're going to love it. Just those stories of God, people getting delivered. It's just something. So, so deliverance then, a superior kingdom demonstrates it's superior by forcing the other out. Just what it is. And I can tell you now, if you're at school, your schools are full of it. It's just full of it. I've never been to a young people's camp anywhere where we didn't get people free of all kinds of stuff. Ter- terrible stuff. Horrible stuff. You can't believe it. So, so you understand then that, so deliverance then, someone as a representative of the kingdom of God enforces demons coming out. Enforces them out in the authority Jesus gave them. So let's look at an example there and we'll find one here in, uh, in, Ma- in Matthew, or sorry, Luke 4.31. So Jesus was, went down to Capernaum. So he went down to a town and uh, it's in Galilee. So he's in a synagogue and he's teaching. So this is a, 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 the weekday when they all gather. It's church. This is their church. And while he's in church, <clears throat> it says there was a man who had an unclean demon or had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he started yelling out with a loud voice saying, leave us alone. What are we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus just told him, be quiet come out, and the demon threw him on the ground and came out and didn't hurt him. And everyone was amazed, saying, what word is this? For he has authority and power. Even demons yield to him. So they see this is the kingdom that's got authority and power that demons surrender to. Now, I've seen this happen lots of times. So let me share, I'll start to share a few stories. Then I'll try to get it and tie it in so we just have a time to pray for people. But uh, I, I find people love the stories. I was, in, I was called to, uh, I was called to uh, Indonesia. And uh, they set up a, a meetings for us. They said, please set up training first. So we've got lots of ministry team. And they didn't do it. They just put us straight in. And I had my son with me. And we straight in. We've got 2,000 people in a room. And, they, and the majority need deliverance. So we're in there. And I get to preach. Now, while I'm preaching, three witch doctors come into the room. And so the witch doctors knew what was going on. They wanted to get the power from me. So they did what young people do online through the video games when they play those kind of games and get involved in witchcraft and spiritism. They came and they tried to actually stand up and curse me in public. Now, I didn't, it happened so quick, I never even saw it. I was turned that way to preach over here and they stood up over there, start to do their stuff and the power of God just hit them like that and threw them on the ground, just on the ground like that. And they, they realized there is a greater power here and they fled. They began to go out and then he's like this, flat out as fast as they could, out of the room. Someone told my son what's happened. He ran down the other end 
He didn't run away. You run to it. He grabbed one of them, cast the demon out of him, and the guy came up and got saved. And then the whole word went out. We had a great week that week. I was in, in another place. I was in Singapore, and, and I've been doing some meetings there. And, uh, and then we had, we, uh, I was just starting the meeting, and I started to talk about the Holy Spirit. And suddenly the door at the back, there's like upstairs there, and it swings open. And this woman there, Chinese woman, because we're in Singapore, and she's holding a broom. And she's shaking the broom at me. So she's obviously not in the church. She's a cleaner. And she's shaking the broom like this. Why you come here? Why you do this to me? And she's manifesting a demon. Now you've got to understand here, when the demon yelled out, it, it was in such torment at the presence of God, it could no longer hide inside the person. It began to yell out using their voice through the person, just like here. And notice here in this story here, it says the demons are yelled out, leave us alone. That's what the demons are terrified of Jesus Christ. Leave us alone. That they, the demons were the only one in the church who recognized who he was. Now think about that. Think about that. In the realm of the spirit, you are visible. In this realm, physical realm, everyone can see you, but they only see what's outside. How you dress, how you look, how old you are, whatever. But in the realm of the Spirit, they see exactly who you are. They can see if you're sinning. They can see if you've got wounds and hurts in your life. They can see if you're connected to God. They can see if you're a child of God. They can see if you carry the anointing. They see you as you are. I remember I went to, uh, uh, I, went, one, I was learning deliverance and, and this lady rang up and she said, uh, oh, my husband's really, he, he, I think something's really gone wrong. He'd been drinking, now he's gone crazy. And so I went to the house and, and uh, we just opened the door and there's the man there. Now he's, he's about my height, but he was really much heavier. He's twice my, my weight. He's been involved in, in weightlifting and stuff. He's a big fella. And he saw me and the moment he saw me, his eyes lit up and then he came over and he picked up a chair and he said, I'm gonna pull you apart like this and just pull the chair apart. I'm thinking, whoa, whoa. Right? And then, then, then he picked up an apple. Now, you, now I've, I've tried this, I couldn't do it. He picked up the apple and he said, and he just got up you know, and he said, I'm gonna crush you like this. He went, and it just powdered like that. I thought, wow, that's something. I've never seen that done before. That's, Pretty good. And, uh, and then he looked at the guy that was with me, one of the elders in the church. And then he looked twice. I remember it very clearly. And then he began to laugh. And he began to tell exactly what this guy was doing in his private life. And I said, you may have come here as an elder, but you carry no authority. You have just been exposed by demonic spirit. And so anyway, the guy came at me again. I just said, in Jesus' name. Because the Bible says we, God has given us authority and power to tread serpents and scorpions underfoot. Nothing will harm you. Now, that's when you know whether you know the verse or not. When someone gets a little wild in front of you. And, and so I just stood up to him like that. The power of God hit him. Now, he literally fell over backwards like that. And then he got delivered, just set free. I know it's fun, all this stuff. Man, oh, man. I mean, I was in Singapore and we had a great move of God going on, deliverance happening every night. And, uh, and what happened was it became so charged with the presence of God that people would come into the hotel for you where I was staying and start yelling out my name. And, they were, and of course, that really upset Singaporean people big time. And so there's all this yelling going on. And so they said, we need to get you to a secret hotel. 
I thought, secret hotel? How awesome is that? Take me to the secret hotel. Never had that ever done before. So they took me to the secret hotel and they said, only three people know where you are. I thought, wow, only three. This is exciting. And so of course I go to bed at about 11 after the meetings and about 1.30 I hear this yelling outside my door. And there's someone yelling and I realize, oh no, there's someone manifesting outside my door. They're right outside the door yelling. So I got up and the moment the guy saw me, he ran. He just did a run. Away like that. So the thing is, the spirit realm understands and knows you. And it sets assignments against you. To take you, if it can't stop you coming to Christ, the goal is to stop you walking with God and fulfilling your destiny. It's to keep you ensnared, entangled, defiled, so you can't do what God called you to do. So now we hear the call to a clean life and a, and a holy life and to, and to deal with sin in our life. But if you don't know the why of it, that you're in a war and the only way you win the war is you align with the king and have his authority so it manifests in your life. If you know that you've got a destiny ahead of you, you don't want to mess your life up with sin. Why would you do that? You're going to be defeated. You're going to live tormented. Tormented, it's just dreadful. And so, so this man here, Jesus exercised authority. So, the, so how do demons get into people? I'll just keep it really simple. There's two prime ways they get in. The, the first way is they get access to people because they violate the laws of God's kingdom. You know, you go down the road and the speed limits say 100K and you travel 150 and then you hear the siren and it comes and takes you. And, and you can't say, well, I didn't know. Or you can't say, well, I don't, I don't take any notice of that. I just drive, I like to drive fast. It's not, you're going to get a ticket and you're going to get a fine. You're going to get in trouble with what? With the one call to enforce the law. So in the realm of the spirit, when you violate the laws of God, you legally now give rights to spirits to afflict you. And there, we do this in many ways. Harboring unforgiveness, Jesus said, will just literally open a door for demons. Sexual sin will open a door for demons. Occult activity will open a door for demons. Religious things, many religious things will open a door for demons. You start to get it? There's a whole range of things. But there's another realm that opens the door for demons and that is unhealed wounds and trauma where we've been hurt, wounded or someone's caused a traumatic experience. We were the victim in it. it there's nothing we did that was wrong. But... Instead of turning to the Lord for healing, we try to control the pain. And when you try to control the pain, you now open the door for controlling spirits and fear and other demons to come and torment. So there's many different ways. And, people, and the, the, Satan's quite he's manipulative in how he does. I remember being at a Bible school in Singapore, and it was a great, we had a great time. And there's about 800 young people giving up a year of their life to, 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 to learn how to follow Jesus, which is great. Now get this, I had a word of knowledge that there was a guy there who was involved in a video game that he played it up to 24 hours at a time and longer and that it involved uh, sorcery or magic or that kind of stuff. And this guy put his hand up and came up and, uh, and I asked him about it and, and he told me the name of the game, World of Warcraft. And I said, did you take on the, form of the, uh, the role of a sorcery? He said, yes. And I said, well, when you use your imagination and couple desire with it, you're opening a door for demons. You've literally opened the door. I said, but you need to declare Christ as your Lord, repent and 
and renounce what you've connected to. And your entanglement is now defiling you. The moment he renounced the game and the, and the identity, his face contorted, the demon showed itself and began to yell out and he fell on the ground. Then he got set free. And then the Lord said to me, there's lots of others here the same. And I had an altar call and we had more than 200 who were playing these games and addicted to the games and have opened their lives to demonic spirits. You know, it doesn't happen the first time. It happens when you get drawn in and it becomes your escape, your refuge when you're in pain. And so what happened was, had this thing and I couldn't, I thought, isn't this amazing? There's all these students have come and given a year of their life and their money to walk with Jesus. And in their part time, they're actually engaging the spirit realm and opening the lives to spirits of sorcery. And so they, they're, they're caught and hooked. And uh, so we had a massive deliverance that day. It was very exciting. Loved all of that. That was great. So, so, so I had a pastor come to me and uh, he, he had been sexually abused when he was uh, about seven. And uh, he was now in his 50s. And he came and he said, I need help to be free. So we showed him the process of getting free, led him and we prayed for him. And there was a massive deliverance and healing of the deep shame that he carried in his life. And what happened was he talked to me afterwards and he said, you know, from that day, my life changed. He said, my wife said, you've changed. My kids said, you've changed. The church said, you've changed. I said, well, how did you change? He said, well, all, I had so many voices telling me what a bad person I was. I had voices putting me down all the time. I constantly experience shame. She said, all the voices have gone. It's like a peace has come in my mind and thought life. And he said, my anger is all gone. It's just gone from me now and I'm free. And of course, his ministry now has just taken off to a whole nother level. So I got lots of stories, all kinds of, I'll give you one more story. I'll give you just the simple keys to get free. The stories are quite good, aren't they? I mean, I love them. I love it more when I'm engaged with it all too. Here's one. We had a, we had a, a, a young woman, she was about in her 20s, 21, 22, in our church, attempted suicide. And uh, when people attempt suicide, they're under demonic oppression for a whole variety of reasons. And so she didn't succeed in it. She realised I need help. So she committed herself into the local mental health area and she went in, in uh, for about, a, put herself in for a week to get help. And uh, anyway, she talked with my daughter in laws the pastor, and we went to visit her. And, and she said, well, I'm, I've been in here three or four days. I haven't had any help whatsoever. In fact, I've really got into trouble. Since I've been here, I beat up one of the other girls. I said, oh, well, that won't go down well. I said, if you keep doing that, they'll keep you in here. I said, why was that? No, well, she kept coming into my room and so on. I said, well, why are you here? What happened? And she said, I am tormented by spirits at night that come and sexually molest me. And she said, it's even happened since I've been here. I said, well, when, I said, when did it start? She said, when I was about seven. I said, well, firstly, they can't fix you. They cannot help you here with that problem. This is a problem that only Jesus can help you with. I said, secondly, this is not your fault. There's nothing you've done that's caused this. This is a generational curse operating in your family. Someone in your family has been involved in sexual perversion, physical violence against women or whatever. So, and here's the name of the spirit. And I said, you just need to keep calm for three days, get yourself out of here and then come to us and we'll pray for you. 
We, we had two sessions of prayer, helped her unravel all the anger and bitterness and unforgiveness that was there. And, and there were more than one event in her life. And then we prayed for her. She's totally free, absolutely, completely free. Amazing, just like that. You, you wouldn't know her now. She's in the worship team and she just radiates life everywhere. Now I've got a young man she's getting married to. All of this was on hold because she hated herself because of the torment that was happening. Now in, in the schools, there's heaps of people tormented. Just look at the statistics of abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, broken families, abandonment, and you'll realise that there's massive demonization of people and the only thing that can set them free is the power of God. That's why God wants to raise a generation of deliverers, young people that carry the power of God and can minister to people. You know, you don't have to be, don't have to be sophisticated. So I'll just give you the simple key here. The, the key for freedom is found in John, James 4, verse 6. James 4, verse 6, where it says in verse 7, it says, it says in verse 7, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he will flee. So notice, firstly, divine alignment. This is a kingdom issue. If you want freedom, it's not about someone just praying for you. It's about recognizing how am I entangled? What's my part in it? What's other people's part in it? Now I need to deal with it. So first you recognize I've got a problem. If you won't recognize you've got a problem and take responsibility for the solution, you can't be free. You just know there's no one can help you until you actually own. You stop the blaming. Don't blame your background. Don't blame your parents. Don't blame anyone. Just this is my issue. I will do whatever it takes in God to get free. It's the first thing. Recognize it and take responsibility. Stop the blame game. And then the second, the second thing that we need to do is we need to actually repent of where we have done things that open the door. We've actually got involved in sin and it has opened a door in our life. Thirdly, we need to release forgiveness to people that have hurt us. Forgiving people from the heart is a major key for freedom from the wounds that others have caused in our life. You say, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, you'll be in bondage. So you've got to ask the question, am I going to permit that person's actions against me, which were evil and hurtful, am I going to permit it, allow it to change my future? and destroy my future? Or will I align with God and do what Jesus said, forgive from the heart? So when we forgive from the heart, we just let it go. And sometimes people have made agreements with demons. They've actually invited them in. They've asked them to come in. I remember a pastor's son and uh, he was having many problems with drugs. And uh, we, we began, I began to talk with him and he'd go into rehab, come out and there's someone waiting at the door to, to actually sell him drugs. And he came out and he said, I can't understand it. Everywhere I go, it happens. I said, that's because you're marked in the spirit. You are being identified and you are visible to the spirit world because you've been involved in the occult. What happened? And he thought of it and he said, oh, you know, I remember when I was younger, I made a pact with the devil, blood covenant to invite him into my life. I said, wow. <laughs> you do need to renounce that and cancel that because that gives a legal ground, a powerful legal ground for you to be tormented. And so he did and then he was delivered and set free. So you see, it's, it's, it's about alignment. When you align, you can resist and spirits must go.
Now, I'd love to share a lot more of other things, but this is enough for tonight. You understand there a little bit about deliverance and perhaps some of you are tormented, maybe nightmares, things happen at night and you don't understand what's happening to you at night. You may wake up and you find that you're struggling and feeling choked. That's a spirit. It comes out of the occult realm and either you were involved in that in some way or in your family they were. Uh, it may be that at night time you experience people touching you but there's no one there, things moving. This is all from the occult realm and it requires strong prayer and a strong stand to get free of it. If you've been involved in the occult, you need to repent of it. If it's your family, you need to forgive them and take authority over the thing. Maybe you've been involved in sexual sin. That will open the doorway for demons because everyone you join to, now you two become one. That's what God says. Through sexual union, sexual intimacy, they become one. Now whatever's in that life can come to you. Now I can share many stories on that too, uh, but we're out of time. So <laughs> I've got to tell you one. I've really got to tell you this one. This is so good. This is a really good one. And I had a lady ring me up and she said, oh, pastor, 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 can you come and pray for us? And I said, what's the problem? She said, our house is haunted. I said, awesome, a haunted house, I'll come. And I'm thinking, you know, the Walt Disney haunted house kind of thing. It wasn't like that, it was just a little flat. They were two bedroom flat. And I went there and there's four people, the woman and her, and her boyfriend, and then her daughter and, and her boyfriend, and they're all there and they're in panic, they're in fear. And so I said, uh, I said, okay, let's just sit down and talk a bit. And as we began to talk, I hear a cupboard banging up the other end of the house. Now there's no one there. It's just banging, bang, bang, bang. And they, they were panicking. And they said, there it is, that's it. That's what's causing it. And I said, can you do something? I said, yeah, I can fix it. But I said, I need to know how it got here, first of all. So I need to ask you a few questions. I said, how long has it been happening? They said, oh, two weeks. So I said, how long have you been in the flat? They said, oh, a long time. I said, well, how, when did this start? Two weeks ago. So clearly it wasn't there when you came. It's come in recently. So I said, what happened two weeks ago? She said, well, my daughter and her boyfriend came to, to be here. And I said, ah. You don't have to be too, don't have to be smart to figure this sort of stuff out. Clearly they brought it in with them. So I had to talk to the girl and the guy and I said, now this is a, an occultic kind of spirit. So uh, which one of you is involved in the occult? Oh, not me, not me, not me. Okay. I said, well, which one was sleeping with someone in the occult? And the girl put her head down and she said, that was me. I said, it was your last boyfriend, wasn't it? She said, yes. And I said, it broke up badly. She said, yes, it did. And she said, he, I said, he cursed you when you left. She said, he did. She said, isn't it true that you had that spirit ever since then? She said, yes, came into our place and I've never been able to get rid of it. And that's why we came to my mother. We thought if we left the place, we would be able to get away from it. I said, wherever you are, it will follow you because it has a right to be there. You become joined in a sexual fornication with this man and you've given the demons a legal right to be part of your life. You need to repent and receive Jesus. And so we led everyone to Jesus. And then I prayed for them. They got delivered. And then we prayed in the house and the house just got free like that. Because I know what to do. It's quite simple to deal with haunted houses. And lots of people have got them. Lots of people have got them. But they, they just usually they just shift and go somewhere else or sell the house and it keeps being sold and no one deals. Actually, there's just a spirit. There's been a trauma in the place murder, suicide, or there's been some kind of activity that's opened the door. Someone invited it in. Huh? And it, so it was great. So she got so free. They were all excited, very excited because no more banging, no more doors, no more stuff. Isn't that exciting? 
But what's the very telling thing is how it got in there. She got involved with someone. Okay, so, so maybe you've had those kind of problems. Well, maybe there's just a lot of anger in your heart and a deep grief because of what you've gone through. You could have gone through betrayal, could have gone through something very serious. And not everything can be fixed just on an altar, but you can make a step towards God and say, Lord, I realize and recognize I've got an issue that I can't get over. I need you to help me. So I'll take responsibility. Whatever you show me, I'll repent of. If I need to forgive, I'll forgive. If I need to break agreements, I'll break them. And I'll then stand up inside and claim my freedom and push back on what's come into my life. Submit to God or align with heaven's kingdom, align with the laws and ways of God. Resist the devil, he will flee. He has no basis to stay. You belong in another kingdom. You belong in freedom. You belong in blessing. You belong in peace. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, right alignment with God, peace in our heart, and joy the Holy Ghost brings, an overflowing joy. You, I look today, there's so many depressed people. They're demonized. They need help. They need Jesus. <laughs> see, see, there's the evidence of the kingdom right there. So if there's peace in your heart, the kingdom is ruling. If you lose your peace, something went wrong, find out quickly and sort it out. If, if the kingdom is ruling in your heart, there's a joy. If your joy has been stolen, well, what's something gone wrong? There's something you need to get aligned in and get filled with the Holy Spirit because wherever the Holy Spirit is, there's freedom and there's joy and there's peace. Amen? And we wanna see that happen tonight for many of you. So why don't we stand on our feet? Let's believe God to just help you tonight. Sorry, gone a little over time, but I wanted to leave some deposit that will help you understand this. And then we wanna pray for people and uh, want to have an opportunity. I know there's not a lot of room here, but it, it doesn't stop God touching people. So if God has been speaking to you, you know there's something, perhaps it's generational, some problem that's been in your family for generations. Perhaps you've been involved in the occult or you're having these bad experiences, can't work it out. Perhaps there's been bitterness in your heart, unresolved conflicts with family, with people. Perhaps there's the issue of sexual sin and, or most common today, of course, pornography, which literally opens the door for people to be demonized and uh, or maybe there's some other thing that's been a traumatic experience or something that you've been involved in that's really affected you. Perhaps you've come out of a church background where it's very legalistic. You will be bound up, literally bound up with religious spirits. You need freedom from that. The life in Christ is an exchange life. Jesus did the work, we enjoy it just by lining. And so religion won't let you do that. Religion, no matter what you do, you'll never be good enough. So if you come from a religious background, you'll constantly believe in your heart, I'm not good enough. Nothing I do is good enough. And you'll always be struggling rather than enjoying freedom. So God wants to set you free tonight. So let's believe for God to do something. So the first thing is, if you want to be prayed for, come on and make Rose up the front and let's just exalt Jesus because He's the author of our freedom. And I'll, I'll show you in a few moments what to do. Ready? So come on, let's, team, let's lead us a great song of freedom. And then we're gonna get going.
for, for doing the older call stuff. Then. There we go. Okay. Okay. We on? Turn this one off. We on now? Yeah, that's much better. Okay, this is exciting, isn't it? I want you, I want you, I'm going to lead you through steps. And each of the steps is very important. So first thing I want you just to close your eyes. Closing your eyes stops you being conscious of people around you, your environment, and you can fix your thoughts on Jesus. He's a shepherd. He cares for you. You know, we've heard about the good shepherd. A lot of people, we live in a country that has sheep, millions of them. And here's one of the things, sometimes there'd be a wild dog getting among the sheep. When it gets in among the sheep, it doesn't eat them. It just bites them and damages them. And when a, a wild dog has got into a, a flock of sheep and the, and the shepherd comes out, he finds the sheep lying all over the paddock, the neck's being torn and the sheep is bleeding, belly's being torn, legs being torn. They're being savaged by the wild animal. And that's exactly the picture to understand what demons do. They savage people. They fill your thoughts and energize bad thoughts. They fill your emotions with emotions which are distressing, fear, anxiety, rejection, feelings of abandonment, lies I'm never good enough. They afflict people's bodies with sicknesses. They torment. Jesus, when he looked, was moved with compassion. That's how he sees you. He's not blaming you. He wants to heal you, wants to set you free. So here's step one. First step, with your eyes closed, I want you to ask the Lord to show you what is the area that you need to be free. And as he shows you, maybe it's a sin to repent of. Maybe it's someone to forgive. Maybe it's some agreement. I'll never let anyone hurt me again. Something like that. Maybe an agreement with with, uh, spiritism, divination. Break it. So prepare your heart. First step is prepare your heart. Jesus, I come to you now. I thank you for loving me. I am so sorry. I repent of this. I repent of my sin. I repent of doing things that have grieved you and taken you to the cross. Lord, I'm holding unforgiveness. I bring the pain to you. Heal me. And I forgive them from my heart. I forgive my father. I forgive my mother. I forgive that person who betrayed me. I forgive that one who did things to me I still feel the shame of. I forgive them. I break all agreements with every demon. And I come to you to be free. See, you you prepare your heart always. And as you do that, sometimes you start to feel the tears, the pain of what you've been holding in. See, you're called to a kingdom where there's peace and joy. You're called to a king who loves you. 
because He loves you and He gave His life for you, you can surrender to Him. You can align with Him. It's not a burden. Now in a moment, we're going to go to step two. Step two, I'm going to lead you all in a prayer. In the prayer, I want you to speak it out strongly. This is your prayer to claim your freedom. You're a citizen of the kingdom. You're a child of the living God. You can claim things. So I will lead you in a prayer. And in that prayer, we're going to declare who we are and what Christ has done. We're going to repent of any ways we've sinned against God and grieved Him. We're going to forgive those who have hurt us and break all agreements and claim freedom now in Jesus' name. At the end of that, I want you all to begin to pray and worship Jesus. We're going to lift our voices to Him, the shout of freedom. And then I will pray a prayer over you, a prayer of deliverance, taking authority out of my office over the demons commanding them to go. The ministry team is going to come and lay hands on you and I'll come and lay hands on some of you too. So if you're standing behind behind someone, watch out and they may fall on you. Get ready to just catch them if you... You may have to catch them. Then you could be front line. You're officially a catcher. (laughs) Meantime, everyone who's in the ministry team or able to do ministry, if you could come up and be here at the front to just help with all of this. And I don't want you in long prayers and you're not in a counseling session. You're just releasing the power of God into the person's life to set them free. Are we ready? This is warfare. And demons leave when we command them. So you're gonna, I'm going to lead you to command them. Align, then command, then celebrate Jesus doing something. Okay, we got it? I lead you in a prayer and you follow. We all shout out to the Lord. I release a prayer of deliverance over you and the ministry team come and pray for you. When they pray for you, stop praying, just receive. Are we ready now? Are we ready now? Come on, we're all ready for God to do something. Oh, I'm excited. Holy Ghost, I thank You, You're here. I thank You, Lord, Your desire is to free Your people. Lord, we open our hearts to You. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. I want You to follow me in this prayer. Pray it strongly. Father, I come to You in Jesus' Name. I declare Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus from every curse, every evil spirit, all the power of sin. I belong to Jesus Christ. Today in Jesus' name, I repent of sin. I turn away from it. I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I forgive those who've hurt me. I forgive them. I release them now. I release them. I break all agreements with any evil spirit. And I claim freedom now. I command tormenting spirits, go from my life. Go from my life. Go from my life. Now in Jesus' name. Okay, begin to worship the Lord together. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I stand in apostolic office. I speak into the spirit realm. I take authority over the spirit of witchcraft and all your operations. I bind them now and break the power and communication. I command the following spirits to leave. Spirits of witchcraft, tormenting perversion.
spirits, unclean spirits, spirits of bitterness, hatred, fear, rage, trauma, death. I command you, go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Go now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.